Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Cybersecurity Chronicles. Today, I'm joined with Stanley Lee, our CEO and founder of NetSwitch. Hey, Stanley, good to see you again. Good and to see you I am pleased to introduce our guest today for the episode. It's Tamara Lutterbach. Tamara is Senior Security, Cybersecurity GRC Analyst at Guthrie, a nonprofit healthcare organization providing medical and surgical hospitals to the people in New York and Pennsylvania. Uh, Tamara has worked with uh, InfraGuard, uh, Women in Cybersecurity, and uh, was it fraud ex- certified fraud examiner, Tamara, I think the also? Association of Certified Fraud Examiners, yes. And Tamara's work in the field of cybersecurity is truly commendable. Uh, we are excited to delve into the insights and experiences she can share with us. Please join me in welcoming Tamara Lauterbach to our Cybersecurity Chronicle podcast. Tamara, your background is a little bit unique in the GRC space. You came, you were telling us the other day, you came from the technical side. So tell us a little bit about how you got into this, uh, how you got into the technical side, and how that migrated over to uh, the GRC side. I think it's a little bit interesting. Yeah, so I originally started my career in the SOC. Um, I honestly kind of... Security Operations Center. Yeah, the Security yeah. Operations Center. Sorry, <laughs> I used the same spot to just say it. Right. Um, so I started uh, originally in there, kind of understanding the threat hunting, the threat intelligence, and also wanting to truly understand computer forensics. Um, when I originally was going uh, to high school, I was like, yeah, I want to get into forensics. I want to get into the medical field. Um, and, you know, life took a different turn for me. And I started to get more and more involved in computers and technology, uh, especially at that time of, honestly, in the early 2000s, whenever, you know, the Internet was really starting to grow. It, it made more sense to just sure. figure out stuff in technology. There's also less blood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although that never bothered me. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so like uh, I started working in the stock. I started having so much fun trying to identify A to B, understanding why people would looking at certain things, why they would be looking at certain things on their work computer. Like, <laughs> come on, this is a work device. I, I, I mean, I'm, I know I'm young at that time, but still, it's like I kind of knew better. That's not my personal device. <laughs> um, common sense, we talked yeah. about, right? We have. We have talked about common sense. And honestly, it's just it's comical to see what some individuals will do with their work issue devices. And, uh, you know, as I developed and as I developed my career and also my understanding, I found my absolute favorite thing to do, which was insider threat analysis. So, um, you know, you may love something, but you do it so many times that you you just, it loses its flair. So I decided to readjust into the GRC land. Um, as I readjusted into GRC land, it honestly just, it's like a light bulb turned on. It kind of came out to being, these are the rules of the internet. <laughs> um, made sense for, uh, okay, why we have an acceptable use policy, why we're looking at people who use their company issue devices for personal use and why it's a problem because they're not realizing certain sites they're going to can be detrimental or say open a back door into your company's site and you didn't even realize it because you accidentally clicked on a link that would not have been as susceptible to other organizations. Uh, So uh, 
like I said, as I went through the GRC land, I found a lot of strides with bringing that insider threat knowledge into GRC land and kind of educating and having that culture change uh, that we need to have as an organization, as any organization, especially in healthcare. You know, you can follow all the right rules in financial, you can follow all the right rules on just basic medical requirements that you are needing to do, but you always have to account for someone to miss that. Yeah. So it, it becomes challenging. <laughs> you know, you were talking about education. It's really just about educating people that the right ways to use devices. Sometimes they don't even think about it. You know, they, they have a device it's just, you know, I've got it. I've got a computer. I'm going to need to do this. And, you know, Stanley and I had a previous uh, engagement with a customer, you know, sort of did the same thing. We were telling people knew that you shouldn't go to certain sites, N- nothing illicit, but right. you, know, you shouldn't go to Facebook marketplace. Oh, why not? But they do that. And, <laughs> it's, but educating them that, that we know they're doing that is just bringing to light. Hey, you're doing things you shouldn't be doing in your computer. You're being watched. We're not seeing everything you're doing, but you're being watched by going places. So don't right. go to these places. And that just some of that awareness and education helps reduce the risk that you're not trying to be punitive. Right. You know, you're just trying to enforce the policies the company has. Exactly. Talk about the healthcare environment, tie that the common sense into cybersecurity as well. So we learn from our partners that talking about the high trust that really it's only they give us in uh, statistics, it's only about 20% is related to technology. 80% is actually policies, procedures, mm-hmm. behavioral, you know, staff behavioral and, and mm-hmm. human behavioral. Again, going back into what you and I discussed about common sense. So it's not so common anymore in the people that, in at least in our field, like Sean have talked about in one case that we help the customers within 12 months reduce almost 90% of the security incident. Mm-hmm. Although a lot of them is just more of an informa- informational security incident because they just going into the different areas, different sites that they shouldn't be. And then again, that we talk about um, another client of ours, how liberal that you want them, you know, the staff to be and have a common uh, uh, element of happy environment offering to the staff. But at the same time that you have to be very straight into right. the corporate policies and procedures. And that is kind of what we have been talking about, which, you know, in our white paper coming up is talking about how do you go from a passive response strategy to go into the more proactive and then adaptive you know from um from that of the corporate culture changes in the four stages of those response strategies Mm -hmm. how do you go from bridging from a grc perspective into cyber or vice versa because you have to talk to those two groups of stakeholders one is very technical one is more of cost driven, um, ROI driven, KPI driven. That is a very different, you know, in our words, kind of like an extreme in the spectrum. How do you go in the middle and bouncing between those two group of stakeholders and kind to continue to maintain your common sense into the practical (laughs) everyday behavior for the everyday, you know, staff? 
you know. I know that's a lot of big topics. <laughs> Please pick one. <laughs> all right. So, all right. Let's just like start at the beginning. <laughs> Good. Um, all right. I think the best way to help initiate that culture change is starting at the beginning. What is your company's acceptable use policy? What do you allow your organization to do with that work device? If you call it out and say, hey, social networking is just not allowed, okay, hey, you could block Facebook, you could block Instagram, Twitter, it's not a big deal. And if somebody is like, oh, well, we want to allow our employees to check their Facebook and do et cetera, it's like, okay, I get it. You know, you're trying to be very relaxed and building a culture of we're not big brother, but in reality, we are big brother. I mean, we're not taking the time to be like, Stanley, we see every click you're doing. <laughs> stop. Don't do that. No, we don't have enough time in the thought, honestly, to do that. We utilize SIMS. We utilize all these other different types of automation tools to help us understand that visualization of like, hey, somebody's doing something wrong. So if you go back to the acceptable use policy and you start stating, these are the basic common sense requirements for utilizing a company issued device it allows the organization to kind of have that power again to say okay yeah not only did we buy this asset this is all on lend to you because we're trusting you with our company information treat this laptop as if it is your own mm -hmm. but be mindful that you can't just go on the internet and go on to Facebook. Hey, you need to do your banking real quick? Whatever, no big deal. You need to, uh, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, pay your car charge. Okay. Well, I, I can give you a very spe specific example, like what you did, because you could not join us on this Squadcast few days earlier because your IT kind of blocked, you know, all these sites, unknown yeah. entities, right? Unknown right. sites, but you just need to have a way for the users to make it easy for them to request the yeah, permission. Yeah, like an policy. Exactly. And this goes back into part of exactly what we do and how we build the acceptable right. policies. And it's not like we want to be big brothers, but we got to be half a, we got to have this common sense to hey there is you know there's a lot of site we don't know where where that link would go to we'll exactly. tie it into the phishing phishing yeah. emails is very easy to just hit that click and that's our job is to protect our organizations right. that to avoid this unnecessary risk that we are taking and the other way around to looking at it we want to make it user friendly but we need to be more cautious but we not cannot add the human element to every single one of them check yes or no so that's why we we have to rely on automations and like an exception you know we create right the rules for exemption, okay. And the way that we do it for our client as well too, is like, okay, if you need to go into the website, for example, marketing, they always try to go into different geographic area. In one oh, of our examples for the that. hotel, they might be expanding into different geographic area that they do not do business currently with. And that's why they, their marketing team, their sales business development team needs to have the access to go to the, those countries that was original block, but now we just need to have an exception for them. So that that is the real example, you know, in our case that with the squad class that we are using, 
yeah. you know, you have to request for permission. But it's not a big deal. It just delayed it maybe a day. You know, that was it. it that's exactly what it was. It was just a day delay. And honestly speaking, you know, it, nine times out of ten, it only takes a ticket to your help desk to even explain the <laughs> issue. You take a ticket to the help desk. You say, hey, I need access to the site. Here's the business case. It all makes sense. Everything checks out. It's a clean site. It's not an issue. Right. And then, you know, certain exceptions can also have time frames on it. So, again, it all just keeps going back to that acceptable use policy, what you're allowing your employees to do on that device. But and I want it now, Tamara. Well, you don't have it now. You've got to go through proper process and procedure. I'm sorry. I'm not Why? Sure that's Why? what you have to do. <laughs> I think it's part of it. They have to, like we talked about, bringing up the awareness, you know, the security training awareness, the educational Absolutely. process is, you know, we, we just need to let the user know there is a big consequences by your millisecond hitting that link, uh, that, that link. It yeah. could cost the whole company to go into the data bridge and the consequences of that, some of us might lose our job. (laughs) I might lose my company for that case. So I think it's part of, you know, it's raising the bar is what is the common sense? Because yes, we know a lot of users, they are not in IT, they don't (laughs) care about IT or cybersecurity. But this is why when we, we when we engaging new customers, we we give them this kind of like a pep talk. Hey, we're not big brothers. Right. We don't want to be. We don't have that kind of time. But right. what you're doing as an action and reaction will cost the company lots of consequences, including financial impact that potentially might hurt your job. Exactly. Like, so we we deal with multiple magnitudes of situations. If someone accidentally clicks one small link, even in GRC land over here in cybersecurity, total accident, you're still going to have to take time and investigate and make sure that, you know, this link isn't malicious, it's not spreading throughout your organization, have you, you know, stop the bleeding, everything from happening before you can move forward. And, you know, sometimes it just happens. And other times it's a complete false positive that is almost identical to a true attack. Well, share, share us your pain. What do you go through with that? I think our audience needs to understand from, a not, from you know, a lot of them, they, they don't come from technical background like you yeah. do. Please share that. You know, why is GRC leads into cybersecurity or cybersecurity needs back into GRC? Why is the correlation? Please share your expert opinion. Yeah. So as you're like going through this investigation, you're trying to figure out where's the IP, uh, you know, where is this generating from, who it generated from, when was the, uh, you look into the domain specific information, you use tools like domain tools as well as who is, and you're trying to connect the dots. You're trying to truly figure out what just happened. Um, You know, we don't have this automatic tool, like what you would see in like NCIS, you know, back in the <laughs> they'd be like, oh, here's the blood analysis. This is Stanley's blood. You know, he's in the system. It doesn't work like that. Even in computer forensics, you have to dig into it. You have to connect the clues together to actually 
show this picture. Then from a GRC perspective, okay, did this person go against a policy that maybe we already had in place? Was this person doing something that they weren't supposed to be doing? So then you have that GRC analyst going into it and reviewing certain policies to make sure, okay, is there ways we need to improve? Because after every single incident, you need to see what is the areas of improvement. Because someone somewhere is always going to just misstep. It's just it's human nature. We're not 100%. We're not perfect. But at least we could say, here's areas of improvement and how we can continue to be more proactive rather than reactive. And honestly, working in the SOC, it is 100% reactive. We are stopping the bleeding. We're figuring it out. We're triaging it. Right. Then you get into GRC land and you're figuring out what other proactive attempts can we use to help educate these individuals and understand from a technical standpoint what they're doing wrong. So then you educate them on the acceptable use policy. You educate them on cyber awareness. And, you know, it's funny. Cyber awareness, again, has just blown up because everybody's so used to, hey, they're going to misspell, they're going <laughs> to, you know, there's going to be fonts everywhere. You know, it's just not going to make sense. It's going to be just, it's a mess. So you can definitely say that's social engineering. Well, now it's gotten to a point where it's like, this is a legit email from Tamara Lauterbaugh almost or so-and-so. Mm -hmm. And you, they can't tell. So we have to keep training them. We have to keep educating them. We have to keep telling them, like, the world has gotten smarter. We have to get smarter, too. We can't just keep staying on the same exact pieces that we have been doing since the early 2000s. No, we have to keep adapting. We have to keep understanding and growing. So you have this corporation that has been in place and has all the right things in place. And, I mean, they're getting their SOC certification, their NIST certified, their ISO certified. They're going for high trust, eventually. Um, and then they also understand all the different privacy requirements that are coming into play with each different state right. on a cybersecurity level. That's blowing up in the state of New York right. and even California. So as we keep growing, we have to keep showing them the trends. We have to keep showing them that this is happening and educating them on, again, this is your work laptop. You are not allowed to take it outside the United States to Italy <laughs> on your family trip. I understand. What do you I mean do. I can't upload my photos <laughs> on my phone. laptop? You can use your own personal cell phone or tablet. You could go on Facebook that way. I, I commend you to do that. Enjoy your PTO, but don't take your work laptop. You're just <laughs> but, not well, I'm leveraging Sean's word. You know, basically, this is one demystifying. I think demystifying for the general users, and, and I, I, you know, let me play the devil's advocate because I heard a lot of that already. People know that I'm nagging all the time. You know, I'm my title is the chief nagger of the world now. So, oh so I nag with you know from end users to executive. You should do this. You should do this. You should do that. Now, of course, GRC helping me to do my job to keep right. nagging. Now, you know, they see the importance of it, but yeah. at the same time that you know joking aside the reality is hey i'm not an it person tamra i'm not a cybersecurity expert you can easily connect the dot because you have you know your training your practice but how do i know how do i know what i should do or should not do and this is the part that i hear from top to bottom you know from the people who manage 
you know, a, 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 a cat drawing to the executive, you know, it's like I, my mouse don't work and come and fix it for me. So in our role, I'm sorry. Did you check the batteries on them? Yeah. <laughs> well, come, you know, I'm expecting IT to come to fix my battery problem. Did right? you just turn so it on and turn it off? <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, these are just common sense questions. It's obvious you started a help desk, Tamara. <laughs> hey, Tamara, that is your job. You should be doing this for me. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's, well, that's why I'm saying I'm playing a devil's advocate. You know, against you, you you take. Hey, Tamara, you know to check the battery. You know to <laughs> check whether it's on or off. I don't. I'm just an end user. How do you, you know, help the different level of knowledge and what we call the cognizance, right? Knowledge and awareness. Different level of the people, the custodians along the way, the stakeholders, the executive. It's a big and mystery topic to them. But at the same time, if it wasn't for all the governance and you know requirements and the compliance requirements, only in the last two years, people start talking about risk as part of it. And right. of course, we have been talking about it for a long time oh, because that is the concept. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, long, long time. So, well, great, you know, it helps our conversation easier. Now it becomes yeah. cyber risk management. It's not just all technology anymore, but it's still, there's a lot of work for us to elevate cognizance to every stakeholder, every custodians, because they come from different level of knowledge and awareness. So how do you tackle that from a corporate culture change perspective? Well, so, at any organization, it has the message has to come from the top down. It can't be little senior GRC analyst shouting at the top of her lungs saying, we need to do this because if we don't do this, we're not compliant, we're not secure, we're not doing the right things. No, you have to explain the why. You, you cannot go into every situation thinking, okay, the basic person knows how to use a mouse. No, you, you just got to assume that they are just just as overwhelmed as you are in any situation that you have felt overwhelmed in. Hold their hand and literally ask them the stupidest questions sometimes. And I know stupidest is not a word. <laughs> <laughs> it just came out. Anyways, you ask those, you know, those open-ended questions to kind of identify what the problem is, to really figure out what the heck is going on to help them be understanding to the situation. So yes, I've started my career in healthcare when I had a doctor that wanted to travel and, you know, go, go on vacation. I had to sit down with him and be like, you cannot take your work laptop. I understand your job is very important. If you were my doctor, yes, I would love for you to answer my call <laughs> immediately because I want to know what's going on with my health. But you know what? You also need to enjoy your PTO. You need to enjoy your time too. So if we truly get people to just disconnect and listen to the why, hey, you're helping yourself with burnout, one. Okay, there's the first one. <laughs> Risk, that's lower now because you don't even have your laptop with you. Oh, okay, now we're going to uh, tell you, hey, you don't need access to your email or to Teams. Risk is even lower tremendously because that person is in a totally different country, totally different spot, 
and they don't have access to any of your company's information on that way. At least you have put in all the right, you know, roadblocks, more or less, to make sure, sure. that doesn't happen. But when you're talking to that practitioner, that, that doctor, that nurse, who day in and day out is to deal with triage and connecting the dots with our own health information, you know, they they have to have their hand held too to understand the risk of what they are doing. It's like, yeah, you can't practice medicine while you're over in another or you know another country. <laughs> and, and, HIPAA and, violations. And it's for their benefit too, exactly like what you said. Yeah. You know, they need to enjoy the PTO days at least for their benefit. And as even as as like basic as job security because right. because that could the consequences could lead into catastrophic event for the hospital for the organizations and these are the just little things the common sense that we try to build from a day every daily operational perspective to educate you know the custodians but it is for their benefit because you know now with the regulatory issue with the compliance it could be detrimental with the financial impacts and we know the average cost to a data breach is 4.5 million dollar for a small business right. not even large enterprise and a lot of them has to shut down because of the you know they can't afford the penalties they can't afford you know the loss of reputations and now with the requirement in like CMMC, even as I keep saying that even though you sell socks to the Department of Defense, you still have to comply to the CMMC. And at the same time that you can't even buy insurance, cyber insurance, if you don't meet all these basic requirements, is the protection and the benefit for the organization and to the staff for the job security. So uh, these are the little things I know that we're running out of time already. My goodness, time flies. <laughs> you and I can talk forever. We, 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 we got to invite you for a more specific topic so you can share with our audience into how do we build this practice? How do we communicate? You know these type of consequences because from the GRC requirements triggering into the technical requirements from the technical requirements going into the human behavioral requirements and how could automations you know help along with that process so you know this is the type of topic that we can talk about it next time I, would I mean, love that. <laughs> you know, Tamara, you, you know, from your perspective that it start, it has to start with GRC. It has to start with policies and procedures Absolutely. and then lead everywhere else. And I always tell people, you always think it's very difficult to come up with policies and procedures. Well, it's really not. You, you have yeah. it for other parts of your business. You have it for your hiring. AI. Your, your human resources department has policies and procedures. They should. You know, they should be doing those background checks. You don't want to get but like. You have all these things already developed. This is just another area that you haven't thought about before. Right. And it's really just find a starting point and you will find your way to create these things. And as you said, it is about adapting, learning yeah. what's going on in your organization and improving over time. But you need to start somewhere. There's always time to get better than what you do. Yeah, no uh, organization's going to be 100%. No. Honestly, you know, you could do everything right. 
And you could even be going through HITRUST currently at this time. And part of HITRUST, it says you have to have these policies and procedures in place. And then it gets tested on implementation and then measuring and managing it. But regardless or not, it comes down to what is your security right. policy? What is your acceptable use policy? How do you hold accountability when somebody is misstepping? Again, we're not trying to be big brother. There's, there's rules, regulations that are out there that we have to manage and maintain. Every state has a different privacy requirement nowadays. And then, I mean, just even in healthcare, you know, if any of these potential issues were to come about, say even we had a minor breach, what do you do? You, you can't give somebody back like a brand new credit card number <laughs> like you could at the bank. No, that information is out there. That's their DNA. Yeah. And that's the benefit that for the consumers. Yeah, and yeah. that's the benefit for them. Not, we, don't, we don't want to create extra work for ourselves. But <laughs> Right. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I mean, I love to work. <laughs> you know, every once in a while, I'd like to shut my brain off and not think about, oh my gosh, what's the next step that I have to take? Or how can I be more proactive rather than being the reactive? Right. And it, it comes down to educating, having that culture change, leading by example, showing that you are adapting, saying that, you know, it's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the world is scary. <laughs> but, <laughs> so I mean, we will adapt to it. We have to That's adapt. Right. Yeah. We have to move forward. Here's the guide rails. If you listen to security and listen to staying in these guide rails, you have no problem. But if you decide, hey, I want to jump over that Jersey barrier, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, we might have a problem then. But again, kind of comes back to that common sense of just saying, okay. This guy's calling me to reset my password, and he's saying that my HP computer is doing this. Wait a minute. I have an Apple computer. There's a problem. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I mean, I, I love my mother-in-law. I love my mother as well. They are great, great women. But uh, sometimes these little things, it's like the attention to details, uh -huh. guys. Yeah. It is so easy just to say, why would my job be calling you about this like you're not my emergency contact it's my husband it's, it's not <laughs> it's right. social engineering at, at its finest so right even if you drive that culture change here at work and you can preach and be on that soapbox forever and you know that's great but you also have to show it into the community as well and you have to train and educate others around you. Like I train my daughters all the time, especially my oldest, like, don't do this, don't do that, don't do that. And, oh, ignore, I ignore, ignore. Yeah, I feel bad for my oldest because it's like, okay, she grew up as a having a cybersecurity mother. And then I have my youngest who's like trying to open the command prompt. And I'm like, okay, no, don't do that. Don't break my computer because you're actually pretty smart. <laughs> that's the point is that we have to keep educating no matter what age, no matter what path we take, if it's healthcare, if it's financial, if it's tech, we have to educate everybody around us. We have to change the culture. We have to understand the world is changing. It is adapting and we have to adapt with it. We're not going to always know the answers. 
but at least we can try to figure it out by connecting those dots, using that common sense that everybody is born with, <laughs> <laughs> and just turn it on and see the little imperfections that potentially could make you go, hmm, is that a red flag? <laughs> and overall, I mean, you know, working in a nonprofit organization, working in healthcare, I have loved it. It has been wonderful to understand what a practitioner would be doing from a GRC perspective, what we have to do on a day-to-day -day level with the policies and procedures and the education, and then dealing with, okay, training the SOC people to think on the level of a GRC person, why would you have to ask these questions? And, you know, you, you kind of become a little bit of that help desk personality, but at the same exact time, you also become that trusted person at the organization to say, okay, we have someone who's a little difficult. They're not going to like the answer I give them. Let's go ahead and have Pam talk to them and just make sure, you know, she can educate them in the right way to do the best practices. Just say, hey, take some PTO. <laughs> and leave your, company, leave your company device at home. Yeah, it's okay. I'm allowed to take a vacation. You're allowed to take a vacation. That's why we have backups for everything. That's why we practice, you know, business continuity and disaster recovery for these right. reasons. Yes, that's right. Well, Tara goes back to high trust and goes back to control. So that's right. That's right. One well, step Tara, at a time. Yeah. Thank you very much for joining us today. As you mentioned, you know, community education and sharing information, that's really why Stanley and I started the Cyber Risk Governance Group on LinkedIn. If you're happy to be listening today, you want to know more about that group, please find us on LinkedIn and ask to join the group. It is a curated group of risk professionals. We talk and share about information like we did today on today's episode. If you want to know more about NetSwitch, check us out at netswitch.net. Tamara, thank you very much for joining us. We'll look forward to talking to you again on another episode or perhaps on a LinkedIn Live here soon. Tamara, thank you for joining us. Stanley, thank good you, to see Tamara. you, guys. Take care. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Have a great day.